0: Good morning. Today we're going to start a sermon series for Easter called From the Ashes. And no, I did not start the fire. I was sleeping because I was at the concert last night too. We're going to be learning about embracing the full life of God. See, our lives can sometimes feel that they are a disappointing pile of ashes. And However, the good news is that Jesus' life, his death and his resurrection, is that we can experience a new life. A new life. Our lives, no matter how bad they may seem, are never irredeemable. Or we can say that another way. You and I are never broken beyond repair. Last night at the concert... It was a Zach Williams concert. And he sang his song, Rescue Story, and told a bit of his testimony before. And, and as I listened to that, when I was singing the chorus along, it, it, it made me remember my story. It, remember, it made me remember who I was and who I am now. And the chorus goes, you were the voice in the desert calling me out of the dead of night, fighting my battles for me. You are my rescue story. You lifted me up from the ashes, carried my soul from death to life, bringing me from, the, from glory to glory. You are my rescue story. You see, God did that for me. See, I, I am, am blown away that in one month from now, God has took me from who I was to your next senior pastor. I can't, I still can't wrap my head around that. I, 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 I still feel like I'm going to wake up one day and it's all going to be a dream. Because I know the person I was before God found me. Because I didn't find God Because God was never lost. You see, God found me when I was at my weakest. When I was at a point that I was willing to listen. I will never ever forget that day. I will never forget everything that led up to that day. And I'll never forget the fact that I told my wife that I would never, ever, ever step foot in a church. And she, this is, and, in, and like I said, I'm standing here now, preaching to you, after telling my wife for years, I'm never going to step foot in church. I don't believe in your Jesus. I don't want anything to do with him. And if God can do that for me, he can do that for everyone. See, in and through through Christ, you and I can rise out of the ashes and experience an abundant life. But this isn't just going to be a series for the broken and shattered. I promise you, if you listen to all of these sermons sermons in this series, you will grow in your life with God. See, in this series, we are going to discover that the best way to know who we are only comes from God because he created you and me. See, we need to find our identity in Christ. See, this morning we will be looking at who we are in Christ Jesus and that we ought to be do- what we ought to be doing as children of God. I think everybody in here professes to be children of God. Professes that they are a Christian. But how should that impact our life? See, all scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be fully equipped for every good work. Do you know that God has planned good works for you? He didn't just call you to be a Christian to save you, that was the main goal. But he also had work for you to do after he called you. You see, he designed you in your mother's womb. He knew exactly the point that you was going to call on his name. And then he had work for you to do. Because if he didn't, he would have zapped you up to heaven right there and then. Because there'd be no point to anymore to live in this fallen world. So in studying God's Word, either by listening to sermons or being a part of Bible study or individual Bible studies, by doing this, we will find that the identity we have, that we should have, should be in Christ. We discover, and that is a good way to To put it, because we seek and we discover who we are when we become children of God. And learn who we were before we came to Christ. See, when I look at my own life, some of the gifts and talents that, that I see coming out of me, they've always been there. But God brought them out of me. He brought them out of me. He knew that one day I was going to be standing here. He has your life planned out for you too. And he has a plan, a perfect plan for your life. John 1.12 says this, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of of God. So this brings up a question. I want you to ask yourself, who am I? As I have said before, I've said this before, and it's controversial to say this out loud, but not all people will be going to heaven. See, because not all have a relationship with Jesus. See, but this is not because God's desire is that to happen, but because of a choice that we all get to make. This is why it happens. God doesn't want this to happen, else, God would have never sent Jesus. God would have never sent him to live a perfect life for you. God would have never sent him to the cross for you. He doesn't want separation. But a loving father, and this is how I had to wrap my head around it because I've had this discussion with my sister. She goes, how would a loving God send anybody to hell? But how would a loving God how would a loving God force you to be in his presence? That wouldn't be loving, would it? See, you never look at it from, the, nobody, when they argue that argument, they never argue it from the other point of view. They never says, well, if I don't want to be in your presence, for you to force me to be in your presence, that's not loving. That's not loving at all. That's why it's a choice. See, our Lord is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should turn their lives to Him. Those that believe He gave the right to become children of God. That's the title you're given as fellow believers in Christ. You are the child of God. Unlike the universalists who believe this, this this is going around a lot now, that eventually everyone will be saved by the atonement of Jesus Christ. See, they believe that hell is not a real place and that God would not send anyone there. And you know, that sounds good, but it's not true. You see, those that want to do their own thing, those that just want to to let the chips fall as they may and plead ignorance, they like that, but that is not what God's word says. The Bible tells us that there will be one day, a day of judgment, and that we are saved only by faith in Jesus Christ. You see, it's not even about what we do. It's about what we put our trust in. And we need to put our trust in Jesus Christ and what He has done for us on the cross. See, we can't earn salvation. So what I am not saying is that the good works you have to do Because God has given to you. And if you don't do them, you won't be saved. That's not what I'm saying. I would never say that. I'm saying that if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're saved. But if you want an abundant, full life here, here, you will do the works that God has prepared for you in advance. He knows what will give you a full and abundant life. So when you don't do the things that God calls you to do, it's hurting you. We're like children when it comes to that, because we, none of us, we're, we're, as children, like to listen to our parents tell us what to do. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You've been in that situation when your parents told you something And you didn't listen, and then down the road you go, they knew. They knew what they were talking about. They knew what they were talking about. We do that to God all the time. He has laid this path in front of you, and we don't follow it. See, the Bible tells us that we that we will be a day of judgment. That we are saved by only by faith in Jesus Christ. And that what he has done on the cross. And on the cross he said, it is finished. So you can't add to it. We must be in an active relationship with Jesus Christ though. And be following him as Lord. That means... He is in control over your life. See, sin was in control of your life. But when you submitted and gave your life to Christ, the Lord became controller of your life. You laid your life down to him. You're going to serve somebody. So who are you going to serve? The sin that destroys or the Lord that wants the best for your life. If I asked you who you were, we could say, we are the son and daughter of, used to be really common in the old days, if somebody come up to you and said, who are you, and you'd say, and I would say, well, I am the son of Albert, that's my dad's first name by the way, Ted to all of you, Albert and Muriel, dad to me, Albert and Muriel. That would be my parents. That would be a true statement in the flesh. Because that is who my physical parents are. And they are the ones that produced me as a baby. But spiritually, we are either in Christ or we are unbelievers. See, spiritually, if you... If you... Spiritually, if you like what I just said, if you you don't mind me talking about heaven and that all people are not going to heaven, and spiritually, if you're okay with that, you've probably got a good foundation that you believe what the Bible says. I don't like the fact that that some people are going to hell and some people are going to heaven because I don't understand it. I do understand it, but I don't understand it. What I, what I am is I believe every word in the Bible. And that's what the Bible teaches me. See, that means we've got a good foundation built around Christ and what he has done for us. See, but if you don't like what I said, you are putting your faith in something that cannot save you spiritually. We, 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 there's a big thing going on in the church right now. Been probably going on for, for 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 many years, and it's church when you go you, buffet church. You know when you go to a buffet, you go to a buffet. You can go, ah, oh, that pizza looks good, but I don't want the fried chicken. Or oh, that fish looks a bit dodgy. I'm not going to eat the fish. That's what we tend to do to the Bible, by the way. We take what we want to believe. And we leave out what we don't want to believe. The Bible doesn't give us that choice, by the way. We believe it all or we believe none of it. Church is not supposed to be a buffet. Doctors will tell you that to have a healthy self-esteem, you need the following things in your life. These are them. You need to feel loved. You need to have purpose. You need to feel secure. You need to feel significant. And you need to, feel belo- you need to belong to something. See, the Lord knew these things long before doctors. He gives us all of these things. He understands that these things that we need and provides them in our relationships. He doesn't just provide them in our relationships with him, by the way. And this is why I always hammer on that we need to belong to a little church family. It's because that is what he gives us a church family. To belong to something. To feel loved by other people that believe the same thing as you believe. To give you a purpose. To make you feel secure because no matter what you do this week, I'm still going to love you. And I hope you feel the same about me. This is a place we should feel secure. This is a place that we should feel significant. This is a place that we should feel that we have a purpose and feel loved. Because if it's not, we've built the church wrong. We get it from Christ and we should get it from our fellow believers that belong to a local church. Church. That's why I'm adamant that we all should belong to a local church because we need a family of believers. We are significant to God. See, He desires to have us. With a well-rounded relationship with him and with the other children of God. Other believers are brothers and sisters. We, we need people. You and I need to grab onto this truth that we are significant to God. And that he desires to have a relationship with you. There's a lot of religions out there. Christianity is relational based. It is about a relationship with God. It's no distance. That's why he sent his son to die for you to close the distance. Now there is no distance. He wants to have a relationship with you. All of you, no matter who you are, he wants a relationship. Do you want a relationship with him? Because that takes work. See, that's what Jesus was doing for us on the cross. It was enough. You see, do you have your identity in Christ? Or are you going to listen to another voice that hinders that relationship with Christ and your fellow brothers and sisters? You see... We all have these people pushing in our ears, the, the, the bitter ex-spouses, the bully, the gossip that has gotten out of control, a, a letter that you received that re- that rejected you from something, or a rejection from a person, a person that doesn't want to be in your life. A mean boss with an attitude, a parent who never gives you a break. We've all had this in our lives. Are we going to listen to them? or are we going to listen to Christ? Are we going to listen to what God says who you are, or are you going to let everybody else in the world tell you who you are? Because all them types of people that I mentioned, you should not be listening to. They have no clout. God has clout. God tells you who you are. And you are His. His child. You belong to Him. You see, God wants us to know who we are in ourselves and in Him. See, the moment we profess faith in Christ, God wants us to know we are his. We are children of God. And now we have a new identity. We are supposed to take off the old identity and put on the new. You see, as we draw close to him, he quiets the other voices. This is why it's so important that you get in the word it's so important that you listen to good teachers It's so important that you 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 surround yourself with people that build you up. I made a vow actually it's funny two weeks ago i was I was I, it been nagging on me that I wanted people to be better because i that they've been around me, not worse because i 've had a tendency. That, that I can leave people worse off when I leave than, than, than they are. And it was, it was, this is how God works. This is how God works. Because I was thinking about it all last week before David preached on Sunday. And then in David's message, I'm like, why do you have to be so blatantly obvious, God, that I'm supposed to, people are supposed to be better off because I've been around, because they've been in contact with me. Why do you have to really? Because I was thinking it and I was like, hmm. But I'm trying really hard. I'm not going to be perfect at this, by the way. So um, don't hold me to it. Th- I'm going to try. I want you to hold me accountable. Else I wouldn't be telling you. But I really want to work on this. That that everybody that I come in contact with are better because they met me. Not worse off. You should have had to spend all week preparing that message. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I know how that works. So, we are children and we have a new identity. And as we draw close to him, he quiets all the other voices that have lied to you. That have lied to you. And he draws you closer to him. We must identify not with our other voices, but only with Jesus Christ. Romans eight seventeen says this, and if children, if children, then heirs, heirs of God. That is beautiful right there. We are heirs of God. Because we're his children, we are heirs. And heirs of God and follow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. First Corinthians 3.16 says, do you, know, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? God lives inside of you. When you accepted Christ, this, this I don't know if I'll ever not be blown away by this, that a piece of God lives inside of me. And e- even though I'm filthy, God should not be living inside of me. But he does. He chooses to live inside every single believer. And you know your own heart. You know what type of person you are. Do you think you have a clean enough house for him to live, to dwell inside of you? Because I don't. But he chooses to. He's the one who's rebuilding you, he's the one who's making you anew. So, where do you get your identity? So, I want you to ask that question. Where do you get your identity? Every day, do you wake up thinking, I need to get my identity from Christ and Christ alone? Or do you try to have an identity that fits with everybody you're going to meet? Because a lot of us do. A lot of us do. A lot of us try and please the people around us instead of trying to please the God who made us. And if we just relax and be the person we are, God does the rest. He's gonna do the rest. We don't need to pretend to be anybody. Because the last time I checked, God doesn't make things that aren't perfect. He has he had made you perfect. You just your sinful nature makes you not perfect. So if you let God, your identity come through God, He is going to make you who you're supposed to be. And by the way, that doesn't mean everybody's going to like you. Because the last time I checked when I read my Bible, Jesus wasn't liked by very many people either. I think there might be a problem if everybody likes you. I think if everybody in this world likes you, you might want to question your self and your identity, because you're not being your true self. If everybody likes you, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. So are you trusting in Christ or are you looking and, and, and are you looking to him for guidance? Timothy Keller says this. If your identity is in your work rather than Christ, success will go to your heads and failure will go to your hearts. See, how many of us at some point in our lives have looked at work to get our identity? At what we do to get our identity? Do you know when you're really going to notice this? Is, is when you fully retire and don't do anything except for what you think. And you go, oh, I really did get my identity from work because now I don't know who I am because I'm not going to work every day. I'm not doing this anymore. I've got to really rediscover myself. This is a bad place to do. You see, if you've in your life found your identity through Christ, you already know who you are in him. You already know who you are. And he uses your gifts and talents that he's given you wherever you are in life. Whether you're working or not working. Because he made us for both. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold... The new has come. You see, because God sees us differently, we need to see ourselves differently. We are now identified in him and his spirit dwells inside of us. And it guides us in our lives. See, and then one day, the Bible tells us. This is what the Bible says. He will create a new heaven and a new earth. But until then, he desires to help us right now with our walk with God. One day, we're still going to work, by the way. I really believe there's going to be work in heaven because I just think that that's how God created us. He made it. If we go back to the garden, was there work in the garden before the fall? Yep. So do you think we're not going to work? We're just going to play golf or, or, or what? Well I'm just you that was the first thing that came in my head and I haven't played golf for like three or four years but and I only play like once a year with my son, but but do you think we're just gonna do fun activities all day long and, and sing hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah over and over again? I, I don't I don't think so. I think God created us with purpose. You know you know what would be really sad is the old image of 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 when you die you become a, 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 a an angel and you sit on a cloud and play a harp all day I don't even like the harp that would be hell to me sitting on a cloud and playing a harp in a diaper I mean come on that is not that that is that is not heaven to me. I think we're going to have purpose and we're going to have a job, but it's not going to be playing the harp. Well, it will not be for me because I don't think I play the harp here. So, but, but, uh, <laughs> but, you, you know, we're going to have a job and we're going to have purpose in the new heaven and the new earth. I th- I'm excited. But you know what it's not going to be? It's not going to be hard. Because before the fall, work wasn't hard. The hard came after the fact. The ground got hard after the fact. Not before. We, our sinful nature, made work hard. The Spirit dwells within every believer to give us full access to God. You have full access to God. You know, back in the day, back in the day, way before me because it was before Jesus came. But back in the day, if you want to talk to God, you had to have a priest talk to God for you. You have God living inside of you. You could talk to God whenever you want. Whenever you want. You should be talking all the time to him. He dwells inside of you. And he gives you full access to God. His character, his gifts, and his blessings. So what difference is that making in your life right now? Knowing that. Some of us come to church on Sunday because we think that's what we're supposed to do. But the rest of the week, we're not doing anything with what he's given us. Yet we take him everywhere. Everything you do, he is there. There's nothing that you do that you can do in secret. Every time you do good, he is there. Every time you do bad, he is there. Every time you're on your own and you think something or you do something that you know that you wouldn't want anybody else to know that you've done or thought about. Guess what? He knows. He's there because he's inside of you. So Romans 1, Romans 8, 1. Two, one and two, verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, there is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is no condemnation. All of that stuff that I've done, there's no condemnation. Not because of anything I did, but because everything that Jesus did. The same is for you. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. See, for many of us today, struggle with God's grace and mercy. And that would be a sermon in itself. See, Paul tells us that there is no condemnation means that, there, that by faith in Christ, you can be set free and walk in the freedom of Christ, knowing that he has paid for all of your sins, not just some of them. It means that every time the devil is in your ear condemning you, Christ stands before the Father. Think about this. Every time the devil or your little nagging voice is condemning you, Jesus is saying to his Father, Hey, Dad, I died for that. I died for that. That sin he committed, I died for that you can no longer hold it accountable dad because i paid the price for that that is what no condemnation means if you believe in jesus christ every time that you that the sin gets put up in your face jesus is saying don't worry about it i died for it it's covered it's over It means when someone starts to tell you that you are insignificant and you are worthless, you don't act upon it because you know who you are in Christ. See, in Christ, you know that is not true. Randy Freeze from Oak Hills Church. By the way, if you don't know who Oak Hills Church is, it's where Max Lucado is the uh, preaching teacher. Randy, uh, Randy Friese. Fr- 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 Freezy, whatever, Freezy, I'm going to say because he's got a weird blessing. name. So I've decided, he, he says a few things about our identity in Christ. And to close, I've decided to, to share three of them with you. He says, because of our identity in Christ, our worth comes from a position in Christ, not our performance. Our position, not our performance. We are saved by Christ not any works that we do or have done because we are saved we should have a desire to serve Christ and to see people come to Christ we should have a desire to see his kingdom grow we should be telling we should be using this text with people come to me we should be telling them come to Jesus all who labor and are heavy laden And he will give you rest. Jesus is the one who gives us rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your weary souls. See, you were not saved by works, but you were saved to serve God. Number two, because of our identity in Christ, we live to express who we are in Christ, not prove who we are. Because, because our identity in Christ and getting away from the old, our old lifestyles, we want others to see Christ in our lives. You want to be a witness because of what Christ has done for you. We are running a race. To a finish, and we want to finish strong and make heaven our home. But we are also compassionate and wanting others to experience God's love and mercy. Because if you call yourself a Christian and don't want other people to experience the same love and mercy that God has showed you, I doubt you could call yourself a Christian. We are, brothers, keep, we are our brother's keepers. And when we think about it, we have a responsibility to make sure we give opportunities to Christ. To those who come in contact with us in our lives. See, we are not just saved for ourselves, but to impact those around us. And number three, because of our identity in Christ, we can focus on building others up, not tearing them down. The more we learn who we are in Christ, the more others will see and be drawn to Christ. Don't you want to draw people to Christ? Don't you want other people to to experience what you have experienced? See, I think it's funny how some people need to be dead right all the time. What I mean is that for them to be right, they will risk all. And tear down in the process anything or anyone who gets in their way. I've been one of these people. I have a problem that I need to be right, and if I think I'm right, I will fight till I'm proved that I'm right. And I realized that it's wrong, it's okay. I don't need to force other people to believe or know that I'm right. And that is one of my struggles. We have the truth, but it can be shown in a, in a way that draws people towards God instead of away from him when someone feels that what is said is said in love rather than condemnation you have a better chance of reaching them you don't water the truth down you just present it with love instead of a hammer so maybe you have str- you have struggled with who you are in Christ, maybe you have listened to other people put you down and you have felt like there is no escape. We can know that there is. His name is Jesus. In Christ, we have the freedom to walk in his grace and allow God to guide our lives by his Holy Spirit dwelling in us as believers. Understand that God's grace is there to help us when we stumble. His mercy is available to a repentant child of God. It is is a get out of jail free card in the sense that we have an advocate to forgive our sins and a God that is willing to work in our lives. It is not a get out of jail card in the sense that we live our lives as we please. But to please God with our service to Him. Know who you are in Christ. And walk boldly in service for Him. And humble as we marvel in His grace. And I started with this because we need to know who we are before we can move forward. We are all children of of God. So each week... I'm going to give you a scripture to read. And it's not going to be a big scripture, so there's nobody in here. I hope everybody owns a Bible, and if you don't, come see me. I'll make sure you have a Bible. But I hope all of you have Bibles. But if you don't, I'll make sure you do. So each week, I'm going to give you a a scripture to read. So this week, it's Matthew 4, 1 through 11. It's the temptation of Jesus. I want you to read this, not for this week but I want you to prepare your hearts for next week's message because we're going to be talking about temptation. So Matthew 4, 1 through 11. You'll be ready for next week's lesson on temptation. And so then, please join us. Actually, please join us Wednesday because it is an amazing uh, show we're watching, The Chosen, on Wednesday. It will blow you away. It's a, it's just a really good show and I would suggest that you come and watch it and enjoy it and learn from it. And then join us next Sunday for part two of this sermon series, From the Ashes. Let us, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, You are an amazing God. You formed us in our mother's womb. You had a plan for us. You gave us an identity. Before we even were born, we had this identity inside of us. And you call us to your name. And when we accept you as our Savior, you give us this identity. This identity that is really already inside of us. And you awaken it and give it a purpose and a passion. And I pray, God, that we can all unlock that purpose and passion that you have put inside us to follow you and to serve you and to be the people that you have called us to be and to be a church full of people that are serving you and loving you and loving others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.